Hi, welcome to the Faces of Leadership podcast presented by the Zac. I'm Scarlett Zhao from the Zac Class 2021. Together with my cohorts, we explore how the definition and profile of leader in PR has evolved over time. In the next few episodes, we speak with a variety of PR leaders from different backgrounds to get their thoughts on different aspects of leadership. In today's episode, navigating leadership as an international leader, you'll be listening to our hosts Whitney Simon and Maria Adediran talking to special guest Bidemi Zakariyao Akande, founder of LSFPR. In this episode, Bidemi shares how she and her team in Nigeria had to adapt to the new ways of working in the light of the global pandemic. And the importance of learning and unlearning to become a better leader. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the latest episode of the Faces of Leadership podcast. We are your hosts, Whitney Simon and Maria Editoren. And on today's episode, we're talking about navigating leadership with an international background. As people who are managing and leading teams in a foreign market, this is a topic that is especially interesting to us, and we couldn't be more excited to have our guest Bidemi Zakariel. Bidemi Zakariel Akonde is the founder and CEO of LSFPR. They are a leading Pan-African PR agency in corporate communications, consumer brands. Bidemi has received numerous awards and recognition. Um, including the top 50 women in marketing in Nigeria, she runs a career development program for entry-level job seekers. We're so excited to have Bidemi on the show. Typically, before we kind of jump into the Q and A portion of the podcast, we like to talk about the campaigns that are really just getting us really excited, or really frustrated, or just moving us in a really powerful way. So we'd love to know, like, is there a specific campaign of the past year that has moved you in a specific way, and why it has? I think generally for me, Nike always does it. Their campaigns in general. The storytelling—they're one brand that you just really know how to use the ambassadors really well when they're telling stories.、Mm-hmm. The Dream Crazier campaign. Now I don't know if it was last year, but it's a campaign that I remember so well, where they sort of、mm-hmm. like the Dream Crazier sh-、um, campaign in itself sort of was shining a light on female athletes who have broken barriers. Brought people together through their performance and inspired generations of athletes to chase after their dreams. Obviously, it's narrated by Serena Williams, and you're sort of seeing all her struggles and just the journey that she went through, and other athletes as well who went through crazy journeys from female umpires to female referees. And it was just so interesting. I, I think as a woman,、um, I really love that. Obviously, we sort of know. The struggles we deal with as women. So it was just emotional, great storytelling that was just so inspiring to watch. Also, just inspiring to see the journeys of the athletes that were spotlighted and sort of highlighted in the video as well. Like it's one of those campaigns I can never really forget. Nike does have a way of pulling at people's heartstrings and making them feel as though they can be the best they can be. All the time, yeah, and it definitely humanizes、um, like the athletes and the people that we are so used to seeing. So having that storytelling and going through their personal struggles as well is like as a consumer, it's something that's really great to, to and inspiring to see. 
Could you tell us a little bit about your most challenging moment as an international leader? Okay, I think the most challenging so far has been COVID. It was very challenging in the beginning when it all started. Um, Obviously, I had never experienced a pandemic before. (laughs) And from a leadership perspective, I sort of had to understand and adapt to new ways of working, new ways of thinking, not just for my team, but for also our clients, right? And also putting, from from my team's perspective, putting myself in the shoes of every team member that works at LSF and thinking of how they would now function on the job, working from home. We also had, at that time, we had two new hires that joined the company during COVID and started by working from home. And they really struggled in terms of, you know, when you're a new team member, understanding the company culture, how things work, you have people to lean on in the office. If something's not working, you can sort of speak to someone just just right across from you. And I guess they didn't have that. And there was a lot of correcting and they struggled. And that was really challenging for me because I knew that if they were in the office like every other day, it would have made things easier. So navigating that was definitely very challenging because at the same time, I had to lead my team on strategy for our clients in terms of how they would navigate COVID from a brand perspective, from an internal communications perspective. So I would say that I'm not sure when we're going to get the next pandemic, but I'm ready. I think I have a, a manual, I have an idea of how to sort of navigate during such challenging times. Obviously, it's created new ways of working, which I'm sure we'll speak about later, but it's definitely a challenging time. Yeah, that's so interesting. I think the pandemic has really been one of those unifying factors for everyone, just trying to figure out how we're supposed to live in the midst of such crazy times and times that are continuing to be crazy outside of the pandemic and everything. I guess on a more optimistic note, we'd love to hear more about a highlight of your career as as an international PR and comms leader. In terms of career highlights, I think for me, there's been so many things, but what's most important is really delivering on our clients' objectives. So when we're able to deliver the quality of work that is expected and exceeding those expectations, a client has a general business objective and communications is part of what is going to contribute to business success and sort of just delivering on those objectives, executing projects in a way that our clients are happy. I think ultimately that's what's, that's always a highlight for me. And that's something that happens multiple times in a year. I think no sort of recognition can really take that away because ultimately that's really a core aspect of what we do at my agency. So just ensuring that clients are happy, just even just getting that feedback from them that they're happy. I think that's always something for me that's a highlight as that's just what's really important to me at the end of the day. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that feeling once a client gives positive feedback. Thinking about my line of work, especially how we get clients is through word of mouth. And once you do a good job, you know, right, yeah, how can we do it better? But you just also know that you're smashing it as well. So you can definitely relate to that. Okay, so we're going to take things back a little bit. Just to asking you, what was your journey to becoming a PR leader, especially as an international leader? Because I know PR 
operating in Africa is slightly different to the UK over here and with Whitney being in the US, what has your journey been like? Well, I would say that generally leadership as a whole is a continuous journey. You have to learn, you have to unlearn um, to become a better leader. And I believe what has gotten me to where I am really is my willingness to learn and unlearn and listening to other leaders, especially people that I look up to. Also, the people that work with me, understanding the responsibility that I have as the person leading this team, listening to them as well. I think all of that is what has formed me as an individual into the leadership position that I'm in today. Obviously, it's been different moments and learning from my mistakes as well, learning from the mistakes of my team members, and also even letting people make their own mistakes and learning from that. So I think it's 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 one of those things where you are learning every day. It's a continuous journey. Leadership never stops. And that's something that I'm very aware of. And I think that that's what the journey has been. It, there's been a lot of learning. There's been a lot of, this is how things are. This is how I know things are done. But if there is a better approach, then I need to unlearn what I know or add to what I know to make things better in everything that I'm doing. So learning and unlearning is really a core part of that journey for me. And yeah, I, I think that's what's really gotten me to where I am now. That's really incredible. And I like how you say that becoming a leader or the journey to becoming a leader is something that's ongoing. And I guess just as you realize that you're on this journey and you're learning and unlearning different ways of leading different members to your team, what does that mean to you? And I guess, how do you overcome some of those obstacles that you touched on in your in your last answer as a leader and continue to have that momentum to continue on and and be there for for your team and for your clients and, and for yourself with leadership i think the core aspect is responsibility and accountability mm. are you responsible can you take on the responsibility of a leader and that comes with different things right from managing people yeah managing multiple clients to it's just general stakeholder management right and then also being accountable are you someone that people can rely on especially your team you have to be so responsible for these people that are working under you because they need to feel that you take on that responsibility for them and that you're someone they can rely on and that's something that it's also important for me to also pass on to my team as well i'm responsible and you can hold me accountable. So you have to be responsible. So setting a great example as well is, is also very important. If they see me as someone who's responsible and accountable, then I'm going to have a team of people who are responsible for their actions and will be accountable. You can hold them accountable as well. Just being a great example, understanding that, look, this is the role that I play. I'm the person that everyone is looking up to here. So just understanding that I have to set a great example to the people that I'm working with. That's what it really means to me. Yeah, that's really important. And one thing that you touched on is being a great example. And during the ZEC course, I think one of the things we've discussed, um, especially with like Whitney as well, is are we the type of leader that we 
expect when we were juniors just new in the PR game one thing I tell my direct reporters it's easy to delegate and to tell people to do xyz but being a leader encompasses all a lot of things and you said stakeholder management which is really really key you mentioned that one of the the greatest challenges is COVID and how that affected your business in terms of the new starters and how you operated internally as well as with clients but how did COVID really affect your leadership style? Prior to COVID, I was very face-to-face. The digital tools have always been there, you know. Prior to COVID, I was very traditional. Even till now, I'm still one of those people. I can't have a to-do list on my phone. It still needs (laughs) to be in my notepad and I need to be able to cross it out. That's the sort of person I was. We had to make all these changes and this shift. And, And prior to COVID, we were beginning to do certain things like our senior team members could take two days of work and to work from home. So we were gradually trying to sort of adjust to stuff like that, right? And then COVID happened, everybody had to work from home. So I had to adapt, like interviewing people virtually, because I always wanted to meet the person I was interviewing, but it then became sort of adapting the new technology, ensuring that we had all the tools from Microsoft Teams, because some some, some clients don't want to do their meetings over Google. So we had to have Microsoft Teams. We had to have Zoom. Then we, we used Gmail on a normal day. So also Google Meet. So that in itself, in, in terms of ways of working, we had to make all those changes. And of course, I had to decide that it was time to make those changes. In addition to that, I was pregnant at the same time, right, during the peak of covid And I gave birth still during COVID. And for the first time, I I sort of took a step back. You know, if I was in the office physically and someone wasn't getting something done, I would just do it myself, right? Mm. And with COVID plus a baby, a newborn, I actually let people, you know, make your mistake. As long as it's a mistake that's not going to cost the company, make that mistake and you're going to learn And we're going to go over the reason why this is a mistake. And we're going to talk about it. This is a mistake you shouldn't make again. And how can we move forward? The way it sort of changed my leadership style, I was able to sort of delegate more because I was forced to. And then I started letting people just do their work. This is your responsibility. So you're going to have to get it done. So for example, before, if I got a press release, I would just edit it, right? But now I just leave comments on the side and then you fix it because that's your job. I think my team also got more creative because I I allowed them to, it wasn't a case of this is how we do things. I was also open to, well, this is how X has done this. It's also a fantastic way to do things. So let's do it the way X has done it, not necessarily or it has to be done in the way the company normally does it. So it definitely broadened how I saw things. I was able to delegate more. People started taking ownership. That's one thing that's really changed. I noticed that my team members were taking more ownership of the accounts they were handling, taking more ownership of you know the work they were doing um, because I was allowing them to do their work, right? And it's been so fantastic. Well, no thanks, COVID, but thank you, COVID. 
um, <laughs> that, you know, I'm now able to just be CEO, right? Because I have a team of dedicated people who take ownership of everything that they're doing. And I can sort of just focus on new business, making sure that the company is running properly, ensuring that all the structures are in place, all the processes are in place. It's been such a wonderful transition. Yeah, it's been very positive. That's amazing. And I, I know before we started recording with them, we were talking about in Nigeria, if you're in the office, you still have to wear a mask and things like that. And I think around the world, everyone's talking about the rise of hybrid and some people working fully remote, some people working a couple days in the office. And you've touched on this a little bit throughout the interview, just about feeling as though your team feels more empowered to own things so that you can be freed up to lead the agency. But are there any other ways or things you've noticed over the past two years about how hybrid style working or remote style working has impacted your leadership style? Yes, absolutely. So for example, on our team, right, because of COVID and everything that's happened in Nigeria, it's, it's not as structured as other parts of the West, right, where you can take a train and know you're going to be at work in 30 minutes. In Nigeria, you can leave your house as early as possible and still be in traffic three hours after. Every day is different. And when I saw how things were working during the COVID period and how everyone was taking ownership, our style is not even necessarily hybrid anymore. Everyone chooses the way they work. So everyone has their office key. You have the resources that you need at the office, meaning there is an office with electricity. <laughs> There's internet that works very well. But you choose how you want to work. Do you want to come into work? Do you want to work from home? Everyone, I, I can't tell you that I know who goes to the office every day. Sometimes I, I hop in there after the gym and I say to myself, oh my God, I didn't know you guys were going to be here today. I just came to print something. So everyone chooses how they work now. And I've just found that it's just more, that everyone is more efficient. Delivery is just 100%. Like, my team are the most amazing group of people. They're so great at what they do. I value them so much. And, and also because I can see that, it's also giving me more flexibility in terms of saying, look, you can design how you want to work. You don't have to work from here, but all the resources you need are available to you. People can't power their generators at home. So people are finding the office to be a great place to work at the moment simply because you're not thinking about power at home. You're not thinking about charging your phone. You're not thinking about charging any of your tools. Ultimately, what's important for me is the work. And are we able to deliver? And if the answer is yes, then this is, this is a style we're going to keep adopting. What we just do is anytime we have a new hire or we have interns working with us, we do two days from the office because of my experience of having new hires that struggled from working from home from day one. So from that experience, what I've learned is if you're new to the team, in the first month, do Tuesdays and Thursdays at the office because Monday rush hour, Friday rush hour, I don't want you to be stuck. So Tuesdays and Thursdays for the first month, just understand how things work. Your first day at the office, everyone comes to the office so you can meet everyone you're working with. And then from there, after the first month, and some people we see from the second week, 
they're getting the hang of things so they don't need to come in Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it's really about how that person is able to quickly adapt. And from there, you can do your working from home, choose how you want to work and all of that. So it's it's really impacted my old ways of thinking. And I just find that everyone is just efficient. They design their life. Because the truth is the old way of working, not everyone was working. The thing about PR is like, yeah, you've done the strategy document, you've done the press release, you've checked some things. You know, sometimes for two hours, you're not really doing anything. I just feel like everyone, it gives everyone flexibility. Mm-hmm. You can, while you're working, you can dash to the salon, you can get your nails done in, during the downtime. No one needs to know what you're doing as long as the work is getting done. Yep. And that's, what, that's what's really um, been great about hybrid style working. Yeah, I think it's the same at my workplace as well, where I I love to go into the office. I just prefer having a routine. But if, for example, I know it's a busy week, I know, okay, actually, the hours I spend commuting could be spent somewhere else, either structuring my day a little bit so that I know I can relax in the evening or spending more time just getting some work done. And I must admit, I have went to the salon to get my hair done before during working hours. <laughs> um, I am definitely guilty of doing that. But having that flexibility, definitely. No one needs to know. No one needs to bit. know. Exactly. No one needs exactly. to know. The we work have is to still look being good. done, as you said. Exactly. I love that. I love that so much. Like, it's about self-care. I feel like we forget that, yes, we're here to work and do a good job. But at the end of the day, like, we need to take care of ourselves. This is like, an incredibly triggering time during the world. Like if I have to get my nails done to feel, you know, a bit better, why not? Exactly. <laughs> All right. And like, this has been been a great conversation, Bidimi. So before we wrap up, we have one final question for you. What advice would you give to another international leader, especially those like us, Whitney and I, upcoming leaders in the PR world? I think patience. Patience is very important especially with team members, allowing them to work, allowing those mistakes that if you have a process in place, people will know what to do, how to do certain things that won't cost the company money. But there's certain mistakes that people need to make themselves so they can learn. So patience from that perspective. Of course, when you need to step in, step in, right? Also, I would say perseverance right just being determined and having a clear vision and a clear goal of what you want over the course of running my PR agency I do have a legal background I actually studied law at the University of Sheffield and I'm a qualified lawyer as well and I started my agency as a fashion PR agency but I knew that ultimately my goal was to sort of become a corporate and consumer agency. And it was really just about working towards that, right? So it was a process, building our portfolio, building our client base. Things don't happen every day. Um, things won't happen so quick and it's not easy at all. So just being very determined, because you're going to have those days where you're going to ask yourself, why am I still doing this? And having a clear goal and just being determined um, to achieve those goals will always be the reminder when you have that downtime or when you have that stressful client or when you have that, you know, just just a bad day in general where you just feel like, I need to quit. 
that goal and that vision, that overall vision you have is really what's going to keep you going. And also, another thing is just also knowing when to quit, right? Mm -hmm. I think that people are ashamed of quitting. Society doesn't make it easy for anyone that quits as well. And that's the truth. So over the course of the last nine and a half years, I've created different business divisions for LSF that didn't work, right? I tried to create LSF Digital, it didn't work. LSF SME, it didn't work. And for me, I wasn't going to keep on spending money or more resources on something that I knew to myself that wasn't working. So knowing that this is not working and just stopping it. So knowing when to quit or when to stop something is also very important. And just not being ashamed. I think human beings are generally afraid or scared of failure. Failure is like a learning curve. It's a way for you to sort of bounce back better. Because if I'm going to introduce any of those business divisions again, I know exactly what went wrong. I know what I shouldn't do this time and what I need to do this time around. So being determined, be patient, have clear goals and have a clear vision. And also, if you feel that something's not working, don't be afraid to fail or don't be afraid to quit. As Maria said, I think this has been a really awesome interview super helpful in terms of just understanding what it's like to be a leader with an international background. So thank you so much, Padami, for taking the time to chat with us. It's honestly been such a pleasure. I think my key takeaway is get your nails and get your hair done when you need to. (laughs) Keep that a bit of flexible working. Look forward to telling that to my manager. But also just want to take a moment to thank everyone for listening. This is really a passion project of the ZET cohort, and we're just really excited to be able to talk to so many incredible people about just what it is to be a leader. I think it's evolving, it's changing. So uh, it's been great to have this conversation. On our next episode, our fellow cohort members, Kenan Mann and Scarlett Yao, are going to look at how to navigate leadership as introverts. So definitely stay tuned. That should be a really awesome one. And thank you again for listening. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, for me. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by The Zek. The Zek from BME PR Pros is delivered in partnership with Provoke Media and the Chattered Institute of Public Relations. The Zek is the first leadership scheme for UK-based, Black, Asian, mixed race and ethnic minorities PR and comms pros. The podcast series has been produced by Anais Merlin, Ben Roberts, Kenan Mann, Maria Adideran, Maxine Myers, Sabrina Keppel, Whitney Simon, and myself, Scarlett Zhao, with the help of Content is Queen Studio. If you want to connect with us to continue the discussion, visit emeprpros.co.uk or reach out to us on LinkedIn.